Welcome to the Vineyard Altoona podcast. If you have any questions or just want more information, you can visit our website at vineyardaltuna.org or any of our social media platforms at Vineyard Altoona. And now, here's Derek with the message. Barna did a study, it was released this year, 2023, uh, and in this Barna study, what they discovered is regardless of generation, so it doesn't matter what generation you are, regardless of generation, universally in America, people believe in God or a higher power. You have to put the or a higher power. But the statistics were significant, a significant percentage, like in the 80s, regardless of what generation, people believe that God exists or a higher power exists. They also, just about as high of a percentage, want to grow spiritually. This may or may not be in a Christian sense, but they want to grow in a spiritual sense. And one of the things that I think it points to is there's tons of people all around us, and I would say probably even in this room, who desire deeply to have God or the higher power that they believe in direct their lives, give them some direction, give them some inkling that they're doing the right thing. You know, from the very first day that I gave my life to Jesus, it became my utmost desire to do what God desired for me to do the things that God intended for my life, to to listen and have God steer me in the right direction. And I would imagine in this room that that desire is probably not just mine, that all of us at some level want to know that we're doing the right thing or that we're going the right way. Don't we want that? Like we sort of like, we think we know what we're doing, but at some level we're kind of like, I don't even know. We've done alpha Uh, Now, this is three times in the past year, and inevitably what I have discovered around the Alpha table, and I've done Alpha beyond this past year, but every time we do Alpha, one of the big things that people say is, I just want to know what God wants me to do. I just want to know that I'm doing the right thing. And I think if we get to our deepest desire, we're like, I just want to know that I'm doing the right thing. I want to know that I'm doing what God wants for me. Does that connect with your heart? Like, I I do. I want my life to feel like I'm doing the right things, that I'm doing what God has asked. I want to know that I'm doing okay. And what is true is that God didn't just wind up the universe and set it spinning and say, good luck, hope it works out. That God actually wants to and is integrally involved in the lives of people in the world. That God actually does want what you want. God actually does want to direct you in the same way that you want to be directed. That God actually does want to help you navigate life in the way that you want, to, you want help to navigate life. And what's beautiful and amazing is that Scripture teaches that God has actually given a gift to help us navigate life. That God, by the power of his spirit, has deposited in the church this thing that we desperately want, which is a a direction, a help, a, a guide for life. And that gift is prophecy. God has deposited in the church prophecy. We began this series, Empowered, a few weeks ago that leads us to Pentecost, which 
For those of you who are keeping track or are not keeping track, the rest of you know. For those of you who are not keeping track, next week is Pentecost. So uh, this series will end next week, but we've been in this series with hundreds of other vineyard churches all across the country um, uh, called Empowered. And the idea that, that, uh, that we all believe is that God actually wants to meet us in a powerful way, that by his spirit, God wants to meet us, direct us, encourage us, strengthen us. And so what I want to talk about, the first week I talked about being filled with the Spirit. And then last week I talked about spiritual gifts. And if you missed that one, you're going to want to go back and, and listen to that one. It's on the podcast. It's on the YouTube channel. You can, you can catch up. Because what I talked about last week with spiritual gifts in a broad sense, today I'm going to talk about it in a much more narrow sense with the gift of prophecy. And what I want you to take away from today is that prophecy is given to strengthen, encourage and comfort people. That the gift God gives in prophecy is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort people as they navigate life. I'm calling this message today the blessing of prophecy. The blessing of prophecy. Would you pray with me? And then we'll open scripture. And so, Lord, I do just welcome you into this space. And God, you've been so, so faithful. And we just ask you again to move among us. God, would you pour out your presence on us? And God, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, that today I would be able to speak your words clearly. God, would you give gifts of faith? Would you touch each one, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at, we're going to just jump ahead a little bit further into 1 Corinthians. So if you have a Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians. Last week... We looked at chapter 12. We're going to look today at chapter 14. And if you remember last week, as you're turning there, I told you that 1 Corinthians is a a letter written by Paul to the church in Corinth. And if you've read all of 1 Corinthians, what you will discover is the Corinthian church looks a lot like the American church. It's really messed up, right? Have you read this stuff? Like some of the stuff that you read in the book of Corinthians, it's like, wow, this sounds like... This sounds like all the stuff that keeps coming out in the news. You know, like Facebook wasn't a thing then, but it feels like these things would be all over Facebook. And so one of the things that Paul is addressing in the book of 1 Corinthians is this uh, elevation of the gift of tongues. So the Corinthians had elevated the gift of tongues, or speaking in angelic languages, to be the paramount gift. That this is how you know you're the most spiritual, you speak in tongues. And that everything else is subservient to that. And Paul says, that's not the point. And this is where I talked about last week, the idea that the gifts of the Spirit are given without any sort of hierarchy. That the Spirit gives gifts intentionally as he desires. And so there's no way you can say, well, I have a gift which makes me superior to you. So then at the end of chapter 12, we talk about all these spiritual gifts and how that all plays out. We get to what I told you last week is 1 Corinthians 13, you know, half of the weddings that you've ever gone to, love is patient, love is kind. You're like, wow, this is a wedding passage. No, it's not. It's actually a spiritual gifts passage where Paul's basically saying it doesn't matter what spiritual gift you have. It doesn't matter how spectacular you think your spiritual gift is. If you don't do it in love, it's useless. That's the context of chapter 13. So all through chapter 13, you hear, you know, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love. What he's saying is it doesn't matter how 
amazing you think you are as a tongue speaker, if you don't love people with the gifts you've been given, they're useless. If I prophesy all the things right now, now you're going to read that passage, you're going to be like, man, I was going to make that for my wedding. Just, you can if you want to. Just for, the, for, for my sake, just acknowledge that it's taken out of context. I'm trying to teach you how to read the Bible well. Just acknowledge that chapter 13 is not a wedding passage. It's okay. Love is those things. It's just not a wedding passage. So we get through that, and then we get to chapter 14, and Paul then says this. And we're going to read verses 1 to 5. Right at the end of that, right? He says, follow the way of love, which I just illustrated in chapter 13, and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. We're going to come back to that. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets, so the church may be edified. And what Paul is coming at here is, he's saying, all of you who think that tongues are so important, the purpose of gifts is to serve and love other people, and if you just speak in tongues, it's unintelligible to everyone around you. So it's not helpful to the body unless someone interprets. But what he does say is, Eagerly desire prophecy because this is in a language people understand and it's the word of God spoken to people. It's helpful. And so this is the the correction that he offers. Now, before we jump too far into this, it might be helpful to define prophecy. Because I think a lot of us have a lot of different ideas about what prophecy is. I mean, depending on the stream you come from or the way that you, whatever TV channels you've watched... You know, whatever Lord of the Rings thing you've adapted and stuck into your theology. Like, there's a whole bunch of ideas about what prophecy is. And what prophecy is at its basic level is hearing from God and speaking for God. Hearing from God and speaking for God. This is at the base level what prophecy is. Now, what I think a lot of us think about when we think about prophecy is like telling the future, right? Like, if you're a prophet, it's like, I can see the future. And, you know, if you've watched any amount of, like, I don't know, in the last, let's be nice and say 10 years, some of the more public voices that call themselves prophets, they're like prophesying who's going to win presidential elections. Can I just say, sometimes God tells, like, gives prophetic words that have future implications, but that's not normal. That's not the normal way of prophecy. It's not about... Well, I now know the numbers. You know, I always wonder the prophets who want to tell you the future. It's like, why don't you win the lottery every time? Like, the prophets should just be the most wealthy people. A lot of the, the future-telling aspect of what people call prophecy is really just sort of guessing. It's kind of witchcraft. It's pagan stuff. You know, it's sort of like tarot card readers. And, like, it, it's not exactly a Christian aspect. Now, sometimes... God tells people things that are going to happen, but that's not normal. One of the other concerns, just as a, a matter of foundational stuff, one of the other concerns that people have a lot of times when we talk about prophecy is they're like, wait a minute, Derek. 
we already have the Bible. It's the word of God. Is prophecy adding to the Bible? Are you, like, if, if somebody prophesies, are they adding to Scripture? That seems like it's an out-of-bounds thing. Prophecy is not adding to Scripture. New Testament prophecy is not adding to Scripture. In the Old Testament, prophets spoke the word of God. It was recorded as Scripture. In the New Testament, as we're going to look at, prophecy is not an addition to Scripture. In fact, Scripture becomes the foundation by which we determine whether this is a word from the Lord or not. All prophecy in the New Testament has to line up with Scripture. If it doesn't, whatever else it is, it's not a word from the Lord. Whatever else it is. I've heard people give prophetic words, and you go, but the Bible says this, and the thing you're saying is contrary to this. The way we test all prophecy is by, by Scripture. And so we're not adding to Scripture it's, it's an in-time word that aligns with God's re- revelation in Scripture. It's prophecy is an in-time word. So what Paul has in mind when he tells the Corinthians to eagerly desire prophecy is he actually has in mind this Old Testament passage. If you look into to the book of Joel, if you've ever read the, the prophet Joel, uh, in Joel chapter 2, 28 and 29, uh, the prophet Joel actually prophesies What Paul is talking about, it says this, it says, and afterward, this is Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. In the Old Testament, where Joel gets recorded as a prophet in scripture, at that point, God would pour out his spirit on specific people for specific occasions. So when God pours out his spirit on someone as a prophet, it was to direct God's people and it would get recorded as scripture. But Joel looks ahead to a day when the spirit of God will be poured out on all people and that there won't be individual prophets, but the gift of prophecy will be given to everyone. We all have access to the gift of prophecy. And so this is the thing, the first week when we talked about being filled with the Spirit. Remember that? Acts 1, where Jesus says, you got to wait here because all the things that I've taught you how to do, you can't do without the power of the Spirit. This is the day that Joel foresaw from the Old Testament, that the Spirit of God would be poured out on all people who follow Jesus, and everyone then could prophesy. And so this is what Paul is looking at. He's, He's pointing toward Uh, He's saying every one of us has the ability to hear from God and speak for God. That it's not like a few select people, somebody who's special, somebody who's like, you know, fasted for nine days and, you know, wandered in the wilderness and done all the things, right? That this is actually a gift that is given to people who follow Jesus. So when Paul says to eagerly desire prophecy, what he's saying is eagerly desire that which God has already given Eagerly desire that which God has already made available by his spirit. Prophecy is a gift available to everyone who follows Jesus. There's not a person in this room who follows Jesus, who has been filled with the spirit, who doesn't have access to prophecy. There's not a person in the room who doesn't. Some of us are like, wait, not me. I, you know, I, I make the coffee. That's my spiritual gift. I make the coffee. I'm spiritually gifted to, to work with kids. This prophecy thing I'm not sure about. But what Paul says is it's available to everyone. It's available to everyone. So what does it look like? 
What does prophecy in the New Testament look like? Look again with me at verse 3. And this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time. Verse 3 says this. But the one who prophesies speaks to people. And we'll just pause there. One of the important things I want you to note about prophecy is that prophecy is spoken to someone else. Every last one of us wants God to speak to us, and we should, right? We all want to be directed by God. That's what the the survey that I told you about in the very beginning uh, was all about. Every one of us wants to have God show us the way. But prophecy is a gift given to someone for someone else's benefit. That's, That's the nature of prophecy. It's speaking to people for their own benefit. And see, the church is designed this way. Like, this is so counter to our American sort of individual, I want to be self-sufficient, I want to be able to make my own way. Because every one of us wants to have our own direct link to God, where God just speaks to me and I don't have to deal with any of the rest of you fools, right? I thought you might enjoy that. We all want this sort of self-sufficient, like, I'm a Christian and I don't need anybody else, but God has not designed it that way. God has actually designed it that we all need each other. That he speaks to me for you and he speaks to you for me. I need you to exercise a gift of prophecy for my benefit. And you need me to exercise a gift of prophecy for your benefit. And you all need each other to exercise gifts of prophecy for one another's benefit. There's not a space where we're like, well, I'm a Christian now and I don't need anybody else. It's actually designed the opposite. We're actually designed to need each other. Prophecy is a gift we receive to be given to another person. And Paul says this about New Testament prophecy. Look again at verse 3. It says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Say that again. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Got that? You're going to hear it a lot more. Prophecy is supposed to be strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. You know, I'm going to tell you a story that we, nine years ago, we moved here to plant this church. And 10 years ago, we started telling people that we were going to move here to plant this church. And Jerry and I had all the passion in the world and the excitement of this vision God had given us to plant this church. And we were going about telling all these people and recruiting some to come move with us. Very little of those recruitment things worked. Uh, Somebody actually did move with us. Um, I praise God for them regularly. Um, but we went about telling everyone all about these, the, this thing that we were going to do. And I remember one Sunday afternoon, and we had been at church, and we're hanging out at our house. And I start to share, and Jerry and I are sitting around the table, and we're sharing this, this vision that God had given us with all the passion that we had. Like, God is going to use this church to do that, 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 all the things. We're so excited, and the response from this person was soul-crushing. Soul-crushing. Like, you really need to think again. This is probably a bad idea. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. And I'm sure you remember this. Like, I was like, we're giving our life to this. And we were just crushed. Well, the small group that we led on, uh, in Columbus met on Sunday nights. As soon as people left our house and... We went to our small group, and I'm, you know, leading this small group. And our small group is like all of the life groups we do now, which is like, you know, there's a teaching time. We get to the end, and in the end, we leave space for God to speak. So, you know, we get to the end, and it was a nice day. I remember it was like, you know, it's a beautiful day, much like the last week has been. And 
we're sitting outside and we're sort of like, we're going to make space for God to speak. We're going to be quiet and just invite God to, to if he wants to say anything. And I'll never forget this guy who was sitting not far from me. He began to describe this picture that he had in his head, that God had given him this picture. And it was of this like, you know, a vineyard is actually a winery, right? My hashtag has been not a winery. You guys get that? <laughs> but the picture this guy had was of, of an of actual vineyard with vines everywhere and it used to grow and, and, but the, in this picture, there was like weeds and foliage and all these other plants that had overgrown this vineyard. But if you look, the vines were still under there somewhere. And he said, what I think this means is I think God is saying that you don't have to build the vineyard in central PA. It's already there. All you have to do is clear it. You just have to find it and clear it. Strengthening, encouraging, comforting in the face of some really dis huge disappointment. Strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. And I, I can say now, 10 years on, just the fact that you all are here, the fact that you all are part of this community says, that was a prophetic word that the Lord was giving to me for strengthening and encouraging and comforting that we would persist in what I have discovered in the last 10 years is that God repeatedly invites me to faithful discovery of what he's doing. This is the value of prophecy. How long do you think it would have taken me to recover? I mean, some of you know me. I spiral for a long time. Like, a long time. Like, some of you don't realize, if you give me critical things and you say critical things to me, like, they get all the way in. And like a week will go if the Lord doesn't intervene before I can recover. And so, like, this would have taken me a long, I may have quit. Like, after that exchange, I may have quit. And yet, God gave an end-time word to someone else who spoke on God's behalf to me. And this church is evidence of the fact that God was speaking. And one of the things that we've discovered is that this word actually has wider reach. We've met these fine people from Belfont, Pete and Misty, you know, who want to see a church planted in Belfont. We've met people in State College who, who were, these people were already here. The vineyard was already here. And we're just stumbling across it as God gives us direction. It's an in-time word for strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. That's the purpose of prophecy. What becomes important in exercising a gift of prophecy, as you might imagine then, is determining how it is that God speaks to you. Like some of you have this idea, if you've never had God speak to you, or you, you've never been aware of God speaking to you, some of you had this idea that God speaking to you is probably a loud voice. <laughs> Go here. Stop picking your nose. It's <laughs> the only thing I can think of, right? Like some of us think that's what it is. Like it's just this big booming voice, you know, turn left, right? And if that's what you think it is, I, some people hear an audible voice, uh, so I don't want to discount that entirely, but if that's what you're expecting for God to speak to you, what you're probably missing is all the many other ways that God speaks to you. Like, God is always speaking. It's a matter of whether or not you're listening, and if you're expecting the big booming voice, you're probably going to miss much of what God has 
to say to you. I recommended these books a couple of weeks ago, but it seems relevant to recommend them again. Um, there's a couple of books that I would recommend, if you can throw that up there, that picture. Dallas Willard, Hearing God. That's the one. And the other one is How to Hear God, A Simple Guide for Normal People by Pete Gregg. Either one of those books, and I would say both of those books, give you a foundation. If you're like, I want to hear God speak, period, let alone prophecy. I just want to hear God speak. This will help you grow in discerning the voice of God. These are really, really, really helpful. But one of the best practical ways you can begin to hear God speak and discern how God speaks to you is to pray for people. Everything I've learned, not everything, most things I've learned about how to hear God's voice happens when I'm praying for people. Every time we've ever done an Alpha weekend, some of you have been on these, these uh, excursions, like that's the, the Holy Spirit weekend of Alpha. Every time, without fail, when I do this, some people, are, they just get blown away. Because, you know, in Alpha, like it's, a, it's like any other life group. You know, we get to know each other a little bit. And then we show up on this weekend, and we don't know each other necessarily all that well, but we show up on this weekend, and at the very end, you know, we pray for each other and all that. And so somebody's sitting in a seat. There's people all around them who don't really know them that well. They know their names, you know, and maybe some basic things. And they begin to pray, and what happens every time, maybe not for every person, but what happens every time is God begins to speak to the people around. And they begin to pray things for this person that there's no way they could have known. There's no way. Like I, some of you I, I'm in this room I know have been in this experience and you're like, like, we get to the end of the time of praying for you and you're like, how did you guys know all that? It was God speaking. One of the most practical ways to hear God and to learn to hear God is by praying for other people. Because the fact of the matter is, God cares more about this person than you do. When you go to pray for this person, God cares more about them than you do. And so he wants to give you insight and things to say. Now, this means something. Some of you have learned to pray like this. God, thank you for all the things about... Amen. Right? Have you not learned to, it sounds like tongues a little bit, right? <laughs> but you've learned to pray where there's not a moment of space in praying, right? Have you done this? You guys get really uncomfortable, like the, at the very beginning here when I was asking for people to come to share their stories, and you're like really uncomfortable that nobody's saying anything, right? Some of us pray that way. We're like really uncomfortable with any amount of silence, and so we fill the silence with everything. But if you want to grow in hearing God, you only pray what you hear God say which means there's space. Now, what does it look like? It would be impossible for me to list all the ways that God might speak to you, but here are some of the more common ways. Sometimes I'll be praying for somebody or I'll be in a room where, where there's a group of us praying for someone and a passage of scripture will come to mind, right? Have you ever had this happen? You're praying for somebody and then it's either like, Pray this verse, or it'll be a little portion of Scripture will come to mind. And so everybody else is praying, and I'm like looking on my phone. I wonder how people did this in the first century. It's like, you know, find the, find the passage. And then I will read, this is God wants me to read this passage over you for your strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Scripture is like the primary way that God speaks. And so it's, it should be not surprising at all to you that God might give you Scripture for someone else. And so this is one of the ways. One of the, the ways is like the one I described a minute ago, mental pictures. 
where this guy was, we're, we're in a space, we expect God to come and speak, and all of a sudden this guy has a mental picture of something that's happening. It's a vineyard that's overgrown. Some of you who, you know, think in pictures, this may be a way that God speaks to you. I know Jerry has pictures all the time. If you ever have been prayed for by her, she'll be like, I'm getting this picture that's like, right? You know this phrase? Some of them are, are like in your thoughts. Like this is the main one for me. Is it'll, it feels to me like a thought, but like a different caliber of thought. It's like, this is not something I would have thought, but it comes through like a thought. And it happens in this like sort of in-between space. The same thing with mental pictures. Like I'll give you a, a, little, a little way to, to learn this. So I'm going to say something, and most of you are going to go, oh, I can see it. Ready? Think of the last time you were at the beach. You all there? But you're here, but you're there, and there's an in-between space, right? You can remember what the sand felt like and the waves and the smell and all the thing, right? You're there, but you're here. That's that space where God speaks. So sometimes it's pictures. Sometimes it's, for me, it always feels like a thought. Like I was thinking this direction, and then it's out of nowhere. Here's a thought that didn't have anything to do with anything that I was thinking about before. And I fully expect God to speak. And so a lot of times I'll say, you know, here's what I think God is saying. Um, for, for some of you, you just see words in your mind. Like the actual letters just show up in that space. You know, you're like, I just see the word blessed. That's weird. I'm praying for this person and this word blessed just comes across my mind. Okay, I feel like God wants you to know that you're blessed. You know, there's just ways like that, that, that words show up. Sometimes when you're praying for people, it's physical sensation. Some of you are, are not near aware enough of your own body for this. If you show up in a space, like there's been plenty of spaces where I walk in, feel great, feel amazing. Am I amazing? This is how I look whenever I feel amazing. <laughs> walk in, no pains, no, I feel great, you know, walk, we're going to pray for these people, and it's like, great, you know, whatever. And then I get to praying for them, and all of a sudden, my knee hurts. I'm like, man, my knee didn't hurt until like right now. Sometimes the physical sensation is God going, the person you're praying for has knee problems. And as soon as you pray for that, see, I feel like God is, giving, is showing me that you have pains in your knee. Oh, yeah, how did you know? My knee hurts. You know, and then you pray for them and it goes away. Have you ever had that happen? I have, I've been with people and they're like, they walk into a grocery store, they didn't have a headache and now they walk into the grocery store and yes, Walmart will give you a headache, period. But they walk in and they're like, I, all of a sudden I have a headache and now I'm having this conversation with the cashier. Could it be that God is telling you that this person has a headache and that you should pray for them? So then you just say, hey, you know, this may sound really, really weird. Sometimes God tells me things. Do you have a headache? Yeah, how'd you know? Sometimes God shows me things, and so can I pray for you? It's just prophecy, right? It's important to learn to exercise the gift of prophecy by learning how God speaks to you. And as you get clarity on how God speaks to you, you will become more and more aware when God is giving you something. The key in all prophecy, as I've already said, you guys know them, is strengthening encouraging, and comforting, right? This is the key. So what happens if you hear something that's not any of those? 
What happens when you hear something that's not strengthening? Strengthening. Woo! Strengthening, encouraging, or equipping. I got this, this, this list that I really felt like was good from Ted Kim, who's a vineyard pastor in, uh, in Chicago. What happens if you hear something that's not strengthening, encouraging, or equipping? Yeah. Man, we'll, we'll turn myself around here in a minute. Those three things. One of the first possibilities is you just may be wrong. You just may miss it, right? Paul says we see in part, we prophesy in part, we don't know the whole story, and sometimes we're just wrong. And rather than share it, maybe whenever we have a sense of something that's not any of those three things, maybe we're just wrong. Like, maybe we just missed it. And rather than just, like, unload on somebody something that's really discouraging, we say, wait a minute. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't it. You know, not every, and this may come as a surprise to some of you, not every thought that comes into your head is God speaking to you prophetically for a person around you. Do you know that? Not every thought in your head is the Lord. Sometimes it's the enemy speaking to you. Sometimes it's your own insecurity speaking to you. Your own fear speaking to you. I have watched people give prophetic words that are really just my own insecurity that I'm lumping on you. Oh, you're going to go do this thing? Ooh, I just feel like the Lord is just saying, you know, there's a lot to be concerned about. And that has nothing to do with the Lord. That's my own insecurities. So sometimes if we have something that's not strengthening, I'm just going to stop. Whew. Strengthening. I need more sleep. Strengthening, encouraging, and comforting, sometimes it's just not the Lord. Like, we can be wrong. And so the fact that we could be wrong should temper how we handle prophecy. Maybe instead of standing up with somebody and say, thus saith the Lord, maybe we say, what I sort of think I hear God saying, and this may be wrong, is this. Because every word of prophecy, as Paul would say, should be open to being tested. And if you stand up and say, God told me that you are da 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 do you know how hard it is to say, to test that? Especially if you have any authority over someone else? That's just unkind and, quite honestly, can be abusive. Well, God told me that we were supposed to break up. Right? How do you argue with that? Well, God didn't tell me that. Uh, every word that you share should have within it the ability for you to test the word. To see if it is from the Lord. So sometimes if you hear a word that's not strengthening, strengthening encouraging, and comfort, this is just going to be the running joke. <laughs> what Paul said, <laughs> sometimes you can just be wrong. Or... A second possibility. Maybe you're supposed to pray. Like maybe the word or the thing that God showed you is not wrong, but he's showing you so that you can pray. If you don't have this guardrail, what I have seen happen when people take steps into prophecy is they just say all the things. After all, I'm trying to share with you what God has shown me. 
And God has shown me that your kid is going to grow up and be a wayward child. That's a really discouraging word to give someone. Maybe the reason that God showed you that is so that you can pray for their child. You don't have to unload the most discouraging thing a parent ever wants to hear on them and say, all right, good luck. Your kid's going to be wayward. Bye. Maybe the reason that God has shown you this is so that you can pray for the situation. Maybe you're supposed to intercede. Or let me give you a third possibility. Maybe you didn't listen long enough. Like maybe you just, you, you saw the thing, God spoke this thing to you, and it didn't fit any of the three, and you're kind of like, well, what's that all about? Often, God will show you something, and it's sort of as a diagnosis. It's like, here's what's wrong. I'm showing you what's wrong so that when I give you the prescription, it makes sense. Sometimes you just haven't waited long enough. And it's okay to say, God, what is that all about? This seems like a weird thing. I'll share a story with you. Not long ago, I was having a conversation with somebody. And in this conversation, it had nothing to do with this. I just had this inner sense that this person had experienced earlier in their life a really specific deep trauma. Just really specific. And I, as I had this sense, I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I, that's not encouraging at all. Like, what will probably come is this person will feel shameful or uh, very, like, embarrassed. And, like, this just doesn't feel helpful at all. And so I started going, well, maybe I'm wrong. Right? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this thing that I, that I feel like I just uh, saw is wrong. Or uh, maybe, maybe I'm just supposed to pray for this person. Well, it never came back around. The conversation ended, and I went home, and I was like, well, maybe I was just wrong. And some weeks later, I end up in a conversation with the same person, and this time, the person says to me, outright, I had this really specific trauma in my life when I was younger, and it was the exact trauma that I had had a sense of before. And at this moment, all of a sudden, God said, the reason that I showed you that is because I am going to set this person free from the weight they've carried now. Do you see how that's different? If I just go up to, and I say, this happened, God showed me, all it does is bury the person. But I was like, I don't know, God, is this you? Is this something else, and then later on, this person says the very thing that I had the sense of before, and God said, I showed you that so that you can encourage them that I'm going to set them free. This is Christian prophecy. Do you know how long it would take this person to be able to get to the place where they know that God is going to set them free? You know, you can do it in your quiet time. You can do your devotions. You're reading the Bible. You're praying. And God can tell you, I set the captives free. And for years, you can have that happen, right? And it never really gets in. And then somebody says, you know, I think the reason that this is happening now is because God is going to set you free. Do you know this person now is beginning to take steps on a road to freedom that may have taken years to get to? This is the value of prophecy. God intends for us to be able to have his words to share with someone else. 
So if you hear a word that's not strengthening, encouraging, or comforting to other people, maybe you're wrong, maybe you're supposed to pray, or maybe you haven't waited long enough. But here's what I know, and I'll wrap up with this. By the Spirit, God has made available a connection where we can hear God's voice and speak it to other people. That we as the church are supposed to be the people who hear the voice of God, who hear the heart of God, who regularly show up with words that are strengthening, encouraging, and comforting everywhere we go. We do that here, but we also do that, do you know, I go to places all over this city, and I do the very same thing. Most of the time I don't go, just want you to know, God speaks to me, let me tell you the word for yourself. I don't do that, but God will speak things to me, and I'll just say, hey, does this mean anything to you? Is this a, like, this is a thing we do everywhere. You know, I think too often the church is trying to accomplish the mission of God in the world by our own strength with all of our great ideas. And then we can't figure out why the world is not more like the kingdom. You know, we take all the sociological trends and we, we figure out like this is sort of the, the in thing to do and we listen to wisdom from other churches, which is all good. It's not necessarily bad stuff, but what is true is that God has given us a gift to be able to hear his heart, speak it into situations, and see them change. This is what I mean when I talk about we transform the spaces we inhabit by the power of the gospel. We show up as gospel people in a situation, and we speak God's heart into the situation, and it changes. Things change when we speak God's heart into a situation. This is the gift that we get to have and to exercise. That we can actually listen for what God is doing and partner with him in the world. We join what God is doing. Is this a thing that you want to do? If you're a follower of Jesus, is this the kind of thing that you would want to see happen? Because I believe this is what we're called to. Thank you again for choosing the Vineyard Altoona podcast. We're so excited to see how God will release his kingdom in and through you today for the glory of Jesus Christ. With this, be blessed, and we'll see you next time.